Bad boy. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You have tuned in live to the Flyest Sports and Entertainment Podcast in all the land. This is Stat Lines Matter. I am your host, Mr. Mark E. Stewart, with my partner in crime, as always, Mr. Rob Hunter Jr. What's going on, bro? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. Did you have a good 4th of July holiday weekend? Did you, like, get on the grill and do all the things that dads do on 4th of July? You what you do? Uh, partied a little bit with friends, pool, grill, basketball. Do you? I hate fireworks. And I know that's weird because people tend to like What are you, fireworks. a communist? I do not like fireworks. Like When I was a kid, I did. I just got grown and it felt childish. Okay, okay. All right. So, quick. Especially like little firecrackers and stuff. Let's just, you just make it noise. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, the little firecrackers are not as lit. And the little, uh, the little, little white, little little napkin thing you used to throw. I forgot what the snap and yeah. pops or whatever. Yeah. Those used to be lit when I was little. Pop. Yeah, no, it's super pop. fun when you were a kid. <laughs> but here's the thing I noticed too, because like up north where I grew up, we used to have to go. We I never did, but you would always know somebody that went to Tennessee. That was the closest place to legally get fireworks. Mm-hmm. You get fireworks seemingly all over the South. Okay, so that, okay, so quick, so quick story, right? When I first moved down to Georgia, uh, we would come down from Virginia. You, we'd stop in. You could get them in North Carolina or South Carolina. So my dad and I, we would always stop, and I would always like. But he would piss me off because he would pass by like eight firework places, and I'm like, oh, right there, oh, right there. Oh, come, on, come on! You can, you know, they got the big billboards, right. especially right. these country ass towns. Yeah, they don't have much. Going on, like they, what they have is the fireworks important. Yes, I'm like Phantom Fireworks, and yeah. they'd be like a dude with a, with yeah. a little thing and the, and the, the the cape on and the eyes, and I'm like, we got all. Oh, I know they got some good stuff there. Right. Look how creepy, you know, the billboard is. And man, he wait till he gets to the last. While I'm about to pass out, like we ain't getting no fireworks. And then we go in and we get the fireworks. So as we got older, um. We would whenever we do the fourth, he and I would drive up to South Carolina from here mm. at like midnight because they, they, their fireworks place stays open. Well, one of them in Fairground, South Carolina, stays open twenty four hours. Wow! So we go up there, and I would get like the big what they call the cakes, go up in the air, boom, like the big ones, the big ones. So when I come back down and bust my fireworks, people would they'd be like in awe of my fireworks because they go to you know Walmart and get the the bull crap, and I would have like. Disney World style 50th anniversary so uh <laughs> so anyway once they legalized it it just I haven't popped fireworks since yeah because everybody could get it so it's not as lit yeah I mean it, uh, I, literally and I, yeah and I, I, it felt like that for me when I was growing up like somebody would go and be like oh someone's going to Tennessee and they would come back with stuff and you know it wasn't a lot and you could get you could get little fireworks there, but it was illegal. But you couldn't get any of the things that you thought were super interesting, like M80s or whatever. The thing I hate about here is like people be blowing up M80s. I'm like, that's just annoying. <laughs> like that's like a quarter stick of dynamite for no reason. But not to them. But what are you like, doing? What if, what if they're your same age? What if they're like 13? They put them. You ever put an M80 in a, uh, in, a, in a in a in a mailbox? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh! You want to talk? Why would you? Cause it's a big explosion. It's loud. It's, it's like Who's whoa. Mailbox? Are you doing that to? You do it to your own, or you do it to whoever. Like like people don't really like this. You know they don't like make the distinction. You just throw it in one. You just throw it in there. M eighties. Yeah. Put it. Oh, you ever uh race a bottle rocket? Oh, maybe no. it's some just some country shit. I feel like your shoes were off. I feel like you'd be running with no <laughs> socks and shoes. With, like yeah, I feel like you got to be barefoot. Yeah, to do you that. light it. Yeah, you would. 
<laughs> you'd always lose, but wow. you just try to see how close you could come to beating the box. <laughs> that's why that then that's where your SEC. That's where you, yeah, there you go. Well, that's a good. I think that's a a good way to um, get into what I want to talk about today. Um, last week, it was announced that USC and UCLA are making a move to the Big Ten. I want to say in 2024. And I don't know if it's all finalized or whatever, but they certainly made the announcement. And I think this is like when Texas and Oklahoma moved from the Big 12 to the SEC, people who follow the sport sort of knew that this was going to be a series of moves. Dominoes. Into, yeah, a domino effect into what is ultimately going to become like two, possibly three super conferences, maybe 20 teams deep, whatever, whatever. It's a it's a real arms race for the conferences. Um major TV money at stake. Um what you what you're seeing with the Big Ten, it's a power move similar to when they got Maryland and Rutgers. And a lot of people misread that because they're like Rutgers and Maryland. But what it did is it added the New York Tri-State area and the Baltimore, the DMV area into that uh, the TV deal. So it's covering a lot of stuff. Now you add the greater Los Angeles area, which is the, I think the largest TV market in the country. So that will drive the next big 10 TV deal, which will be massive amounts of money. Um, and now all this is in response to the sec, which doesn't have those size markets in television, but what they have is the sort of the gravitas of being the sec and playing the best football and having a collective of the best teams. Now I'm not one of the people who believe that Texas and Oklahoma really add to that. And I said that about um, A&M and Missouri. I didn't think they would come in and win titles. I think Texas A&M won one sec title, I believe with Johnny Manziel, but and Missouri won the East and Missouri won the East, but Outside of those moments, those teams, you know, Texas had some big recruiting years, but I'm still not of the belief that in their division, which is the West, that they're ever going to be a player against Alabama until Mr. Saban decides to hang it up. Um, now you got new coach with LSU, who's also in the West, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. LSU. Um, and so we'll see how they do. But what we what we're seeing is can the ACC – survive because the SEC is coming hard at Florida State, Miami, you know, whatever they feel is valuable in that conference and Clemson. They're coming. Now, if if Notre Dame my boys go over there, I think everything stays packed. And I think they may even try to go and get Penn State out of out of there and go to ACC. But a lot of it depends on what Notre Dame's going to do cuz at this point Notre Dame's gonna have to do something. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think you know you you we had one conference left that was still you know basically map specific, right. which was the Pac-12. Right, right. I mean now you've got uh, the Big Ten who went into the East and grabbed those two markets. Mm-hmm. We were talking about uh, the SEC uh, went to. You know, Texas, Texas, and you know, Oklahoma. So the maps, the maps, the maps are, are a wrap. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that's a wrap. So, so now, now, so now, it, it's it's the, it's the big four left. You just yeah. mentioned them. It's FSU, Clemson, um, Notre Dame, and Miami. Yeah, th- th- those are the next to fall, yeah. or, or to I don't know if fall is the word, but to join. Those are the dominoes. Or, or they could do their own. Th- they can if Notre Dame goes to ACC, they can stay. 
So, so yeah, it's going to be tough because you oh, no, still, they'll survive because Notre Dame will drive the TV deal. They'll drive a little bit. No, I, mean, I mean, we're yeah, yeah. the single biggest brand in college, it's, college football. It's disintegrating. It's actually not. We have the number one recruiting class in 2023 and 2024 at the moment. All right, at the moment. All right, well, well, I, I, I don't think that Notre Dame is – is they're, they're a big brand. They're, the, they're, they're one of the biggest top, yeah. top five, top four, top no, three. We're the biggest brand. Like you don't have to. Oh man, UGA it. man, the biggest brand. You know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but but yeah. I, but so the, so so it's that. So it's that four. It's 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 those four that are left. The SEC now has, I believe, 32 teams. Um, and, Is it that many? Yeah, 16. 16 Jeez. on each side now. Jeez. You know. So so now when when Texas and uh, Oklahoma. So yeah. so it's gonna be. I look at it, it's it's trending. It's feeling like in on paper, like it's turning into the NFL. We got the NFC mm-hmm. and the AFC, just two yeah. conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, competitively, it's going to be the NFL, the SEC, and the Canadian Football League. <laughs> I knew, I knew when we said we we're going to talk about this. I knew that shit was coming. Like here big, we go, here big, we go. The Big Ten, but you're still talking about you're talking about pro money, regardless. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about basically a billion dollar, which yeah. is probably amount. This is probably going to push upwards of a billion dollars for this big 10 you're talking about 80 to 100 million dollars per team yeah and that's like that's, you said that's what this is all about. that's what that's this real, is all about it's real yeah cash flow yeah um i was thinking about the rose bowl uh <laughs> game and i was like man this is throw that they've out. lost yeah. ucla and like I mean, big 10 pack like, yeah they've yeah. lost that so USC, i think they yeah. should rebrand it and make it the big 10 championship game yeah it's still called the Rose Bowl, yeah. but make it the Big Ten championship yeah. game. And, you know, that way you still – you have all of those basically – the potential for all of those same matchups. And, you know, you still have your blue blood programs and everybody that's still interested because it doesn't matter what us folks down here in SEC country think about. Michigan, you know, versus USC is going to be big. Oh, you yeah. You know, USC versus Ohio State is still going to be a big – and I'm going to watch. I was going to say, like, I don't think college football – works as regionally as people try to make it sound like i think it like from a recruiting standpoint regions matter but everybody watches all the big games like if you're up north and lsu is playing georgia or lsu is playing alabama or alabama's playing georgia or georgia florida everybody watches that that's not a regional game now if south carolina is playing vanderbilt that's the same as if illinois is playing indiana like you know what i'm saying in theory um, but the big games like USC, Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, those bigger games, like everyone's watching. I that. do think Penn State, you can include, though, in that Notre Dame, FSU, even though they haven't they haven't come close to really competing in a BCS or a uh, in a while. Yeah. I still think that their brand is strong enough, and particularly, you know, obviously their fan base and, and playing at Happy Valley, particularly at night, is still a sight to see. And sure. I think that the Big Ten would not the Big Ten. I'm sorry. Uh, I think I think that that would be if they could if they could get them. Or yeah. I think that would be uh, you know, the ACC. I think that would be a major get. Yeah. I, here's what I think is going to happen, and and there's people much smarter than me and much more in the know, but I think there's going to be a temporary sort of realignment. And then I think you're going to see like, like, like a major shift. So I think this first step that we're going to see is kind of like, all right, we're going to go on this money grab. Like, you know, because you don't, it's like musical chairs. USC and UCLA did not want to be left out of the money. Florida State, 
I know people tied to Florida State, they don't have money for sports and they need TV money. So they're looking to get into that SEC unless somebody can show them something different. I believe that Notre Dame holds the key because I think Notre Dame can drive a super conference that is a collective of a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily have to be based in the ACC, but if you could grab a Clemson, you can grab a Penn State, you can grab an Oregon, and you can put all those teams like and bring them together. Let the Big Ten be, because I know there's there's a negative history between Notre Dame and the Big Ten. Um, so I don't see that happening. But the Big Ten is trying. Like you don't think the you don't think the Big Ten would like to add Notre Dame into that collective with USC and UCLA. I even think the SEC would like them. Um, so I think like Notre Dame will dictate a little bit where they go, but I would like to see them build to like kind of go and create the conference. I would love to see Miami, Clemson, Florida State, Notre Dame, Penn State, Oregon playing together in a conference, in a league. So quick quick correction. And, and more teams. It's going to be 32 teams between those two conferences, the Big Ten and, and the SEC. And, yeah, and SEC. Yeah, yeah. Um, the problem that the ACC has is their deal is locked in until 2036. You can, but yeah. So, so it, so, and I was reading an article, I believe it was on CBS, where it would actually be more costly. It would be more profitable for somebody to to break their, uh, break their lead and, and, and join the SEC or join, yeah. obviously, the, uh, the Big Ten. Oh yeah, whatever whatever fees get paid to the teams that to the networks and people that lose, the money the money is so immense that all fees gonna be paid. It is, and it, people this, are just gonna this pay thing to get out. is happening so fast, real time. So you think yeah. think about this from uh, Lincoln Riley's perspective. He's been a part of four conferences since last November. <laughs> Fact. I mean, he's been in the Big 12. Right. He's been in the SEC. Right. He's been in the Pac-12. Even though they never competed in the correct. SEC, but to and your point, now yeah. he's going to be in the uh, yeah. Big 10. Yeah. That's that's mind-blowing. Yeah. For I him mean, to this be is, affiliated. I, I think, you know, as a fan of Notre Dame, and I'm I'm on, um, I spend a lot of time on Irish Breakdown, Brian Driscoll and, and the team over there. Um, there's a lot of guys in those message boards that are, are super traditionalist and 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 Driscoll's one of those guys. You know, everything's tradition. Everything's tradition. And I actually think that's one of the problems with Notre Dame. I am more of a progressive Notre Dame fan. I've been saying for a while There are many would, progressive college football fans, period. That's that's facts. Everybody's into their tradition. Yeah. To your point. Um but I'm one of the guys that like Man, one of my favorite years was when we had to go into ACC. Like I loved I loved going in there and having like seven of my guys be first team all ACC. I loved winning the league. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved winning. I loved like because what happens is if you lose a game, and I was always jealous of all the other conferences. When you lose a game, there's still things to play for. You're like, okay, we going for the we want to get in the, you know, the championship game. Now, the championship game in the SEC even when a team has four losses, still means if we win that, we might have a chance to go to the, the championship That's how, or the playoffs. That's how that goes. But for the most part, there's a there's a gravitas to, to, to going to the SEC championship, no matter what the outcome is. Um, and then lesser and lesser from each league. But the SEC championship is, in many ways, a playoff game in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Um, I loved when, even though Notre Dame lost to Clemson in the ACC championship after beating them early in the season, it still felt good 
to have that culmination, that extra game and that game that felt like a playoff game and all of that. And I wish we had that. Like, I don't like the fact that you play this random schedule. And I was cool when we're straight, when we're straight up and down independent. I was cool with it because then you can hand pick your games and we do in many ways. But I don't like playing the ACC, like five ACC opponents every year, but then don't get to participate in the things that the ACC does that are cool, like being first team all ACC or winning, getting their championship game. So it's like it's like it's like getting married, but you don't get to do nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just hang out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, wait, we, we play in Maryland. At least give me that. Yeah, play. like, like I, you got to give me something for that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you taking on these games and it's like. Well, Maryland's actually in the Big yeah, Ten. Yeah, the Big Ten. But I'm saying, you know, we, we have games with Duke. Like, yeah. you know, that doesn't do anything for us. Sure. You know, so, like, that's that's kind of where I am. And I like, I do like the idea of being in a league with Florida State, Miami, because we have history with both those teams. Um, if you can bring Penn State and Pitt in. Uh, I like that. And you got you and got then, history with Michigan and Notre yes. Dame and man, I mean you've got And then Clemson like we're going head to head with Clemson on a lot of recruits right now and we're taking guys out of the Carolinas. I love that. So I'm excited as a Notre Dame fan that I think our hands gonna get like there's people on our on our boards who are like, This doesn't mean anything. We're independent till we die. Nah. Money talks. You gotta get in this money thing. You gotta get in the middle of it some type of way. I'm cool wherever we go, except for like, I don't want to be part of some piece together Pac-10 or some piece together Big 12. Yeah, Like, those are going to go away. Notre Dame can keep them alive, but they'd be lame. That's not I'd happen. rather go to the ACC, the SEC, or the Big 10. Notre Dame not doing that. No. And yeah, why would we play ourselves? Yeah, it, no it's, it's, this is one of the one of the ironic, or not ironic, one of the rare, unique uh, instances where you have expansion Via contrition. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So these other leagues are sort of dying. Yeah, they're getting and, killed because and, they're taking their top ends off. And the expand and I think it's gonna be good for college football. That's what I think. I think so too. I know a lot of people are are down on it because they're saying NIL mixed with this, it's all the money grab and money. It's like, I'm sorry, let me just man, get the fuck out of here. Like at the end of the day, college football has always been about getting the money. It's always been about getting the money. And those guys that sit there and talk about tradition, you're playing yourselves or you're trying to play us. It's like those guys have always been filling their pockets. I'm talking about going back to the the days of the old what, Southwest Conference and all of that kind of stuff. Everybody was always filling their pockets. And now, because it's so big, it's billions of dollars at stake. Don't play me. Get into it. Traditions can go to the side. We can create new traditions. Sure. We can create new rivalries. We can create the new conference names that are not Southeastern Conference and Southwestern Conference. Like all the regional element. It's like if LSU is playing Alabama, that's just two teams that's close together. But if Alabama got to go play Oregon, they're going to get on a plane and be there. And what's going to happen is this is going to lead the way for expansion in the playoffs. Because you'll have the conferences, right? You'll yeah. have the big. I'm sorry, the the Big Ten and the SEC. And well, they're going to be the ones. And it will, okay, yeah. to satisfy you guys. Yeah, all the junior conferences. <laughs> we'll expand it to eight or, 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 or six, sixteen. I think sixteen, I think oh, 16 is the magic 16 number. Sixteen is perfect. Yeah, and now everyone should theoretically be satisfied. Meaning you're going to be able to get a chance to dance with the big dogs as well, and you'll have more obviously SEC and Big Twelve program, Big Ten programs. Uh, the the losses won't count as much with the expansion, so you won't be penalized for oh our quarterback wasn't healthy at the beginning right. of the year or et cetera. So uh, let me ask so you this: it's better as, for the game. If you want to see college football expand, you got you should be for this. So let me ask you this: because I know you've been watching college 
college football for a long time like I have. And the people who would argue, excuse me, to the contrary would say, you know, one of the great things about college football that makes it different than any other sport is the regular season means so much. And so everybody's tight all year because you want to go undefeated and the most you can, you know, uh, take on is one loss. Do you feel that that's a reason to not change anything? No, absolutely not. And the, the, this, it, it's not going to it's not going to make or devalue the regular season. What is, I think what it will cause is some of the other teams, like I said, so two losses won't kill you. Right. And I think I think it's antiquated to think that a two loss team can't be better than an undefeated team later in the season. Right. Because you have obviously what we talk about, particularly in the SEC, we always talk about strength of schedule. Oh, strength of schedule. You didn't play. If you play Georgia and you play Alabama and you lose both games and, you know, maybe your, your quarterback, you know, got hurt in the uh, – in the Alabama game, and then you play Georgia without that QB, but you won all the rest of your games. QB's healthy. We have scenarios like that all, all the time. All the time. All the time. And so I just think that, and I also think that it's antiquated to think that the undefeated team is the best team. Right. I don't think that at all. Yeah. Uh, who did you play? What what gauntlet did you go through? I don't think because you won all your games. I think because you won all your games, you de- you deserve a right to see if you could play with some of the more notable teams, right. say like the Cincinnati. I didn't necessarily mind that they were in. I didn't. I didn't either. I, I I didn't think they were going to do anything once they got in and they played didn't. Alabama and that happened. But yeah. but I but I got I'm glad that they got a chance to have their day on the field. Exactly. You you took the words right out of my mouth. I think for me as a fan, it's really mostly about as much as we can settle on the field, the better for me. I would like to eliminate the idea. You're not going to eliminate it completely, but I like to eliminate the idea of like. Oh, we got this many gimme games. Get your gimme game at the beginning of the season. Get your, you know, effectively a preseason matchup, if you will. But I want to see the good teams play each other more and not have a loss in those games mean you're out. You understand what I'm saying? Like, let's get the good teams playing each other. And I hopefully that's what these super conferences do. Cause I think even sometimes playing the bottom of your conference of teams that know each other. It's still more competitive games. Like you guys have, I remember watching you guys as a, you know, obviously I live down here in Georgia. So I see a lot of Georgia football and under the previous regime, not so much uh, this current team, but you guys would have this game with South Carolina. You'd have a game with Vanderbilt and it would be like, it would be contentious. Georgia was clearly better than both those teams, but you get in that dogfight because they know you and those guys, they know each other. That's what you want. You want the competitive games and you want them settled on the field. And even if even if you let's say even if you don't uh, have the injury in the NFL, you have opportunities to grow, mm-hmm. to click. Oh, I wasn't playing well at the beginning in September, of, but and, we got but it going I'm in playing. November. And then with 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 college football, with the turnover, just due to just you only can play four seasons. You know, I mean, you may be starting a new quarterback. He may not be finding his rhythm. You may be starting a new O line. They may not be cohesive yet. You may you may be getting guys back from injury that haven't played at all. They got injured in the the your inner squad game. It, it's it's silly to me to think that a team you know to be penalized particularly early. Now, obviously, with the current system, it's obviously better to lose early. But what I'm saying is sometimes you can get tripped up and you are you could be the best team later, but don't get the opportunity because of unfortunate losses in the beginning of the season and there's so many teams yes in in, in division one football that you you may not necessarily i mean you get a couple of losses and another guy slips in there and and then and then obviously you know you have right you have a committee 
basically choosing not to who the top four teams are, top three, the top three. Well, you actually you do have a, the top four teams are. That's that's true. You have a committee deciding, but it's normally not the top two. It's normally the the debate starts at three and four, particularly at four. So you have a, you have people deciding who it is. The less you have people in a room going, settle well, it on I the think, well, settle I it think, on the field. Well, maybe yeah. Notre Dame need to be yeah. in. Well, maybe Cincinnati need to be in. Not like let's eliminate that. Yeah. And you know those guys who want to, you still have the same job, but maybe you can debate. I think it's much more acceptable to debate teams. You know, ten through six. I'm sorry, yeah. ten through sixteen, as opposed to you know the, the teams that are you know ten, the top ten teams. Yeah, and I I think that um, when when you when you look at you know you to your point earlier about teams playing well at the end of the year or whatever. Ultimately, I want teams to schedule better because I think strength of schedule does matter. We saw it with uh, I think it was I want to say Central was it Central Florida. No, um, yeah, it was Central Florida a couple years ago, and they were like undefeated going into the last. With week. Scott Frost, he's talking about. And they yeah, played Auburn. Co- yeah, and they beat Auburn. Yeah. in the bowl game. Yeah, and it's like, but you didn't play anybody. Cincinnati really didn't. Oh no, they crowned themselves national champs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Um, at least Cincinnati had on their resume. We went into South Bend and we beat. Notre Dame, who had only lost one game, mm-hmm. like that's at least a resume builder. The rest of the schedule, I was um, somewhat unimpressed by, but I was. But that's an impressive win. Um, you know, we finished what seventh in the country, so they, you know, so they earned that. But I'd like to see more of that. Like if Cincinnati wants to be playing with the big boys, add another team like that. Add another Notre Dame type team to your schedule, and and have it so it's like if we were to beat them by by a field goal, it wouldn't be this sort of disqualifying loss. You understand what I'm saying? I like, is the more we get on the field, good teams playing each other, the more I think we get a true read on who's who at the end of the of year. Of course, so. and that's why that's why the the the, the March Madness matters so much. Mm-hmm. And that's why the NFL, you know, they have uh, the best uh, playoff uh, and season uh, schedule, I think, because yeah. everyone has a chance and there's no – if you lose and you don't make the playoffs, you just don't make it. You yeah. Know? So Yeah. Um, it's going to be an exciting, like, few years to come. And like you said, it's happening so fast. Teams are moving around. They're scrambling because no one wants to be left out of the money pot. And the SEC is leading the charge. Um, when they do their new deal, it's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. You have the best teams playing in the Southeastern Conference. I think that had a lot to do with why LSU just ponied up the money to go get Brian Kelly, who's one of obviously one of the better coaches in the nation. And they were like, look, we can't be out here with the type of recruiting base that we have both in our state and surrounding states. And not competing. Yeah, uh, Auburn is going to start to feel that pressure. Florida has to get back into the to the mix in the conversation um, of those top teams. That's Tennessee. True. I mean, I love what Tennessee is doing. They are cutting the check. Like they're down there. They got a big time quarterback recruit coming in. Uh, I know they would have loved to have gotten Arch Manning, uh, the number one Texas, player, yeah. uh, but he went to Texas. But again, that's just making the SEC richer when you can start doing that. So it's like he's still in the league, you know, the league that his granddaddy and his, his uncles and, and even his dad was supposed to play in. So a lot of richness in that family and a lot of richness in the Southeastern Conference. Literally and figuratively in that family. Yes. And in the conference. I, like low-key, and I don't know even know if this is out here, but I heard his, you know, you don't think about the Mannings like getting 
like their kid getting a, a NIL deal, but I heard it was an NIL deal. I heard it was big. Oh yeah, I mean, well, but they don't talk about that. They 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 want to talk about that with Travis want, Hunter. They want exactly. They want the face of name and likeness to be very different. We'll talk about that on another show. Um, but this is one that we wanted to kind of stick a pin in. We're going to get more into this as we get closer to the college football season. We're going to be talking a lot of, lot of football when we get to the month of August. So, and I'm excited. Yeah, no, we're both. You know, if you do, if you don't know. We are both the biggest college football guys. Rob's a longtime Georgia fan. I'm a longtime Notre Dame fan. And uh, we've actually matched up uh, recently. Uh, we don't play each other very much, but that, like two years ago and then like three yeah. years ago we played, 2018, 2019. And uh, um, yeah, I got the best of us both games. But um, but listen, we're going we're gonna to pause right here. We're going to come back. Way more college football talk, NFL talk, preseason, all that's coming up in the month of August. It's going to be exciting. So in the meantime – like, subscribe, hit the notification button on our YouTube channel. Also, follow us on uh, all of our social media platforms at Statlines Matter on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Um, oh, and of course, the the podcast, the audio podcast, is anywhere you can find podcasts, but particularly on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So, um, anything else you want to add? No, that's it. That's it. So that's all we can say. That's right all now. we can say. We ready for this football season, though, and we're gonna be talking fantasy too. It feels so long away, though. It's not. It feels that way. Well, look at it like this. June was the last like month. That shit ain't never coming. June was the last month where there's no football. Okay. All right. You gonna do it like yeah, everybody? That. Well, everybody's well, going to training camp in July. Well, we ain't gonna be able to watch nothing. You, but you'll be able to. I mean, NFL Network's got mad training camp. I don't want to see them dudes running around with shorts and helmets. Oh, we're here. And they always go to Dallas. We're in Dallas. We're in Dallas. Hey, look. Like, go somewhere else. I'm so hungry for it. I'll take anything I can get right now. <laughs> dudes in shorts. You just want to see black calves. Yeah, I just want to see guys running and catching. And you get reports from. And, and the, the thing you really hope is, you, fingers crossed, that nobody get hurt. Like, oh, I love watching football played at its best with the best guys. And so I'm always rooting for everybody to stay healthy. Always. So, on behalf of my partner in crime, Mr. Rob Hunter Jr., I am Mark E. Stewart, and this is Stat Lines Back. Bad boy. I ain't come for games. Say it to my face. Say it to my. Say it to my face. I ain't come for games. Say it to my face. Say it to my. Say it to my face.